Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Matt, you had a story tonight about one of the so-called justices, the men and women wearing robes at the Supreme Court. I guess they were targeted, allegedly, by an assassin? Yeah, so... uh Nicholas Roski or Rosk R O S K E uh had plans to go kill Brett Kavanaugh at his home in Maryland. And yeah, I know about this because I read it on the front page of the New York Times. And when I say front page of the New York Times, I mean here's what the front page of the New York Times says in a tiny little spot about one inch by one inch. Arrest near home of justice. Officials said an armed man who went to Maryland with plans to kill Justice Brett M. Kavanaugh has been charged with attempted murder. Hmm. You would think that when some whack job goes to murder someone as high level and important as a Supreme Court justice, that it would make bigger news on the cover of the New York Times. But it just got a little blurb. Little blurb. And it tells you to go back into the, you know, 20th page. Of section really? A. Yeah, they put it on the the full story is on the twentieth page of section A of the New York Times. Well, guess what? It turns out the whack code wing nut killer who was going to kill Supreme Court justice was a left winger. Jeremy Kaufman, who is the uh, Free State Project Board of Directors member and the founder of both Library and was involved, I think, in Odyssey to some extent as well, the video sharing services online, uh, he filed, I guess, today up in Concord, along with Carlin Borshenko for the Libertarian Party's U.S. Senate and gubernatorial races, uh, the two of them. And uh, he's, Fantastic. He's, he's realistically not going to get any attention whatsoever on behalf of the mainstream media. One of his campaign advisors has been trying to reach out to, you mentioned WMUR, for listeners that don't know, that's basically the one TV station that New Hampshire has. Uh, you know, most places are used to having more than one. We get right. one. We get one. Um, and just little. Yeah, so they won't return phone calls. Maybe we should won't all return go. emails. We should all just call in to WMUR. We should, yeah, you get, try we that. should get the listeners to call into WMUR. Yeah. How many people are hmm. listening to have telephones and can call WMUR in New Hampshire and say, hey, we want to hear more about Jeremy Kaufman, the libertarian, blah, 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 and Carlin Borsenko. Well, they got like a public tip line. That's how I would do it. I presume they do. Yeah, yeah most most TV uh, news stations yeah. do. But Phone you know, floods the, have worked in the past. The fix is in. How come is it that, like in LBGT community, when a man aspires to be a woman, they try to be as beautiful as possible, friendly, sexy, and nice, and they're nice to women that they're trying to, they you know, they want to be, yet... On the other side, if a woman aspires to be a man, sometimes they're nice people, but sometimes they're like full of toxic masculinity, like in any dress bad, like they have man hate. Why is this disparity? Let me see if I'm following what you're asking here. You're asking when a a woman, somebody born biologically as a woman is transitioning to become a man. No, 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 no. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, but they're biologically a man, but they sometimes get operations like Bruce Jenner, and, you know, he tries to look pretty, or RuPaul looks like a very good-looking woman, I think he's just dressed, yet on the other aisle, sometimes 
when the woman the woman wants to be a man instead of being friendly to men or trying to be a handsome good looking man they dress bad and they actually are toxic he was running for governor gubernatorial candidate in was it michigan here i think yes in michigan and he got arrested and he was arrested by the fbi on thursday so today and charged with several misdemeanors over his alleged participation in the pro-Trump protest, Capitol Hill, January mm-hmm. 6th. You wow. know how it goes. You know, they're taking them all down, you know. Um, uh, which This came after uh, hours after, or sorry, hours before the Democrats kicked off a congressional hearing into the protest. So they must have, you know, found out new information during all this and, you know, probably... One of the lefty congressmen was like, "Hair FBI might want to know this, hmm. uh, or something to that nature." Um, what I think, um, what I heard is Kelly was claiming that it was from another protest they're trying to arrest them on, but that's not true. Convenient timing, right after he, you know, files yeah. to run for office, they snatch him up. Yeah, they got him for trespassing, disorderly conduct, physical violence, wow. and destruction of U.S. property during a during the pro-Trump protest. Um, yes. Is there uh, what else do we need to know about this guy? I mean, I, I what I I wanted to talk about it because you know they're starting to take out political candidates mm-hmm, now. Sure. It's like that's dangerous, you know, especially someone that's so in- influential and you know they're they're creating new political prisoners for people, yeah, uh, for 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 party politics or just you know the po- the political agenda in general. It's like you have an opinion, you might get arrested for it. Speaking of the Supreme Court, in a 6-3 to three decision, according to the New York Times, they have made it harder to sue federal officials for money in cases accusing them of violating the Constitution. Ah. As though it wasn't hard enough already. These bureaucrats have yeah. various different so-called immunities. And now, according to Adam Liptak at the Times, he says the owner of an inn on the Canadian border who said he'd been assaulted by a Border Patrol agent may not sue the agent for violating the Constitution by using excessive force, ruled the Supreme Court in a 6-3 to vote along ideological lines, stopped just short of overturning, or rather overruling, a 1971 precedent, which was Bivens versus six unknown named agents that allowed federal courts rather than Congress to authorize at least some kinds of lawsuits seeking money from federal officials accused of violating constitutional rights. But the basic message of Wednesday's decision in Egbert versus Boole was that only Congress can authorize such suits. So you can't just sue the government bureaucrats at the federal level without Congress saying it's okay. Yeah, good luck trying to get a lot of lawsuits to get funded from Congress. Yeah, right. The case was brought by Robert Boole, the owner of a bed and breakfast in Blaine, Washington. He called the Smugglers Inn. That's a pretty cool name for Great. Uh, bed and breakfast. Sounds like fun we'll go. Mr. Boole said he had served as a confidential informant for the federal government. No, that's not cool. How did you guys discover your purpose for activism as a libertarian? Like before you decided to move to New Hampshire or anything? It's a good question. Sure. You guys want to feel? We got uh, Matt and Joe in, in the studio here. Yeah. Why don't you go first, Joel? Okay. All right. Um, well, I started discovering Ron Paul. and um, In 2008? 2008. Okay. Well, it was 2007, or, uh, late 2007. Then uh, I became a delegate for Ron Paul. Um, I saw Ron Paul in Rhode Island, and while waiting in line, uh, I ran into uh, Shem and Carla, and they introduced ah. me to the Free State Project. Nice. Those heroes. 
Then I got into Free Talk Live and listened to that for a while. And then finally made the move. Yeah, that's how I did it. You were an activist, though, before you made the move. What was it yes, that spurred yeah. you? Was it Ron Paul that got you into Ron Paul becoming was yes, yeah, the that, activist that you are? Yeah, that was the awakening process for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and just started uh, you know, learning all the crazy conspiracies. <laughs> that was literally how I started. And then um, then I you know started a YouTube channel and became like an activist and you know filming cops and that sort of thing and I always stuck to my principles you know was there something in particular that you know that you found from Ron Paul that led you to the whole police accountability movement um, Do you remember that connection well I mean I uh, it's been expunged <laughs> but, <laughs> so uh, but no I uh, I got uh, pulled over for smoking a little weed. What was it? I think 2001, the what if speech came out by Ron Paul. And I was just like, okay, this Ron oh, Paul guy powerful. is the man, the man. And uh, that was definitely the beginning of it for me. Uh, as far as New Hampshire goes, I uh, had lost my job and I had been sitting on a bunch of money that I had saved up. And I figured I'm just going to take the rest of the summer off. I'm watching YouTube videos, just screwing off, burning time. And I found this video where these nutty people in New Hampshire were going around a neighborhood, like this rundown <laughs> neighborhood in Nashua, and it was kind of a scary place, but they were all carrying sidearms, mm. and they were all picking up trash, oh, and it was yeah. called Open Carry Trash Pickup with That's Dave a, Ridley. Yeah, and the Ridley other, Report. The Ridley yeah. Report, and I, I was watching tons of Ridley Report, and uh, I was like, man, these guys are Awesome. These guys are freaking great. That's such a good idea. You got these old people sticking their heads out the door saying, oh, my God, those armed men, what are they doing? Oh, they're picking up the garbage on my yard. That's thank you. you yeah. Know? If it wasn't for Ron Paul, I would never have discovered Dave Ridley. And then I got big into Dave Ridley. Yeah. 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 Dave Ridley's the one that got me to. He's done uh, a lot. He has. He's the one that got me to, to New Hampshire for sure. And and Is what Dave I didn't Ridley realize. makes Liberty Block. Oh, uh, no, no, no. That's uh, Alu Axelman. Alu Axelman. Different guy. Oh, also great. I was thinking of for a second. Have you heard of uh, Bitcoin Gandhi? Uh, last year, he walked in support of the Crypto Six uh, from Kenya. He did. Amazing. To Amazing activism. There's so, plenty of purpose to go around if that's what you're into, bud, because the work is uh, just getting started. Yeah, it's not really work that pays real well generally. No, um, right. you know, activism but isn't I'm, something that can usually replace a job. There are some very, very few activists are able to actually survive off of their activism. I mean, you mentioned Dave Ridley, Joa. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the guy has always been a super frugal person. I mean, yeah. right now he doesn't even have a car. Uh, so I believe that a third of his uh, diet on his hike there was maple leaves. So. Just that he foraged, right? Yeah, unless yeah. people brought him food, yeah. basically. <laughs> so, I mean, it is a bit of a hand-to-mouth existence. Uh, being I tried full-time. to give him tuna on his walk. Okay. I had these little tuna snack packets I take everywhere. I mean, he wouldn't take them because Gandhi wouldn't have eaten those. Really? Mm. He was he really was like, in the character. Yeah, well, yeah, he saw those tuna snack packets. I was like, that's tuna snack packets, Ridley, you want? He's like, oh, yeah, so yeah, he's totally in character mm-hmm. with his Gandhi accent and stuff. He's like, no, no, no. Gandhi wouldn't have eaten those. I'm like, oh. Yeah, but but Gan- uh, Bitcoin Gandhi ate my tacos when I brought them. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. He must have been really hungry. <laughs> Starving. Uh, so, I mean, but of course, most people aren't full-time activists. It's not a sustainable um, activity generally, but they, you know, like, Matt, you've got a full-time job. Yep. You do a thing. And, I have a uh, business. I have more than right. a full-time job. I'm constantly on duty. A few blood-boiling um details about the case the title is knoxville cop who was driving 90 miles per hour without lights or siren would he kill driver his quit 
Um, so anybody wondering if the cops are your friends, just take this into consideration. Officer Cody Klingman was driving at 90 miles per hour without emergency lights or sirens when he plowed into a car and killed its driver, Mauricio Luna, 27, and his three-year-old Husky CC. Wow. He was placed on temporary administrative leave because uh, he's had multiple class A violations of department policy, which could lead to termination at the direction at the discretion of the chief, but he was never... Yeah, is uh, it still questioning it? (laughs) Yeah, it might. Yeah, he he was never pulled from active duty, and he was allowed to resign without being fired. He belongs in prison. He he does, and here's the best part. The the district attorney's office, because uh, his family has obviously filed a lawsuit, the district attorney's office said that although Officer Klingman was traveling exceptionally fast and didn't have his lights or siren on, which is both against the law and department policy, Mm. those two factors did not create a risk of such nature and degree that injury or death was likely or foreseeable. You had something to say about UFOs. Go ahead, Olivia. Well, now I've got two things because I didn't realize Matt was an enthusiast. But the first one was I was on YouTube and I kind of like to watch some UFO stuff every once in a while. And I came across this video called How Did Bob Lazar Get All This Right by Strange Files. And underneath the video, you know how they used to have those little COVID banners that said, here's a link to the CDC, you know, oh, yeah. the misinformation. Well, under the video, it says context. Area 51, Encyclopedia Britannica, and it's got like a blurb from the Encyclopedia Britannica page on what Area 51 really is. Hmm. So I just thought, now they're putting disclaimers on everything. Wow, God. (laughs) Um, And the second part for Matt was, um, actually like last month or a, a couple of weeks ago, there was someone in the Free Talk Live YouTube chat who was calling themselves Valiant Thor, saying that they were from a testing ground in New Mexico. Now, I don't know if this is true, but that's kind of interesting. And they gave details of Valiant Thor's spaceship. It's allegedly, they said it was a true story. I don't know if it was a prankster or if it was a real deal, but that, I thought that was kind of neat. So wait, you know they were that saying is? that the Valiant Thor is somebody who came here from afar and they, they landed a spaceship? Yes, this is an old story from like the 1950s, 60s during the Eisenhower administration, allegedly. Justice Clarence Thomas, writing for the five, writing for five of the justices in the six-three decision, said the court has only twice extended uh, the previous case that also uh, the, the previous case that limited your ability to sue the state. Uh, the federal government specifically, which concerned the unconstitutional search of a home in Brooklyn, uh, most recently in 1980. In Bull's case, Thomas wrote, quote, the Court of Appeals plainly erred when it created causes of action for Bull's Fourth Amendment excessive force claim and First Amendment retaliation claim, unquote. He wrote further that courts should focus on a single question in such cases. Is there, quote, any reason to think Congress might be better equipped, unquote, than a court to weigh the costs and benefits of allowing suits against federal officials for money. In particular, Thomas wrote, the national security interest in border security distinguished the case before the court from ordinary Fourth Amendment violations. Justice Gorsuch voted with the majority, but said he would have gone further. The court, he wrote, quote, should forthrightly return the power to create new causes of action to the people's representatives in Congress. But again, why would they create any new causes of action? Why would Congress make any motion whatsoever to actually endanger the jobs of these Border Patrol agents or other federal agents? They're not going to make it easier to sue these people. Right. 
Matt, you said you haven't been following the gun control stuff too close, but Ugh. you are aware that something is going down at the uh, the federal gang. Yeah, there is a lot going on right now. The Supreme Court has the Supreme Court alone has a lot going on right okay. now. So any new, I like this new legislation they're trying to push through. It's ridiculous, by the way. Um, they you know, voted two twenty six to one ninety four. This is according to Gun Owners of America to criminalize disassembling, cleaning, and reassembling your gun without a firearm manufacturer's license. I didn't know that part. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Gun owners of America, I presume My they God. know what they're talking about. They right? definitely do. They're fantastic. So, absolutely insane. That is nuts. L- Looney Tune. But you were going to say something else that I think about this. Um, no, I would rather you went out. The, I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I don't even want to talk about it until more comes out. But okay. the, the Supreme Court has... Several cases stacked deep, and some of them aren't even about guns. They're about other things completely that could impact the way federal agencies are allowed to act in the first Mm. place, including the ATF. ATF. So the ATF could actually, depending on how the Supreme Court rules on a, a bill that has to do with something, how a hospital had to interact with the FDA at some point or something, the final little note here, they also banned, voted to ban 18 to 20-year-olds from having semi-automatic rifles for home defense while still allowing them to be drafted, of course, and sent overseas with machine guns. And full autos and yeah. grenade launchers and, and so tanks. The question is what will happen with the Senate, right? So you got all these votes in the House. According to the Wall Street Journal, uh, the House and Senate lawmakers were set to close the week without a bipartisan framework on new laws uh, regarding gun violence, despite the flurry of action after recent shootings in Uvalde, Texas, and Buffalo. Negotiators don't have an agreement that could pass the Senate where any bill would need significant bipartisan support. The Democratic-led House pushed through several bills intended to, quote-unquote, reduce gun violence. Of course, we know it will do do nothing of the sort including legislation Thursday that would incentivize states to pass extreme protection orders, whatever the hell that means. But those Uh, bills... Red red flag laws. That's where anybody can just make a claim about you, a former girlfriend or something like that, and then the cops come take your guns, right? Uh, But those bills have... You can relate to that, right, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) He pleads the fifth. No comment. And New Hampshire doesn't even have a red flag law. Nope. Olivia was talking about the uh, policeman, and I'm calling from Knoxville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and that crash actually happened like about a mile from my house. Oh, wow. wow. Where so, where was it? Yeah. This, this guy got T-boned uh, by a cop at 90 miles an hour. Well, yeah, the, the, the major thoroughfare that the cop was on was called Kingston Pike, and uh, it uh, the, the, the person who turned on was coming from a side road. And uh, mm-hmm. obviously, no no lights or siren. How are you going to know that thing's headed towards you? You know, right? So and they're trying to blame the the victim here. They're they're trying to claim that yeah. oh well, this guy just pulled right out in front of the speeding cop. But is it your understanding that he had the right of way and he was just going and he no. he wasn't like blowing through a red light or anything, was he? And, and the fact that he had well, it it occurred at a red light near okay. a red light. Okay. So um, I'm not sure, but uh, he had no lights or sirens on and mm-hmm. obviously they the DA ruled that that didn't contribute but he was also not wearing a seatbelt 
and the driver that he killed was, so wow. he should be written up for that at the minimum, but murdering someone is also bad. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quickly. And then the other thing was with the UFOs, our state representative uh, here in, in Tennessee, Tim Burchett, has uh, been hounding Congress for a while about letting people know what they know about the UFOs and the military and everything, but he doesn't think it's going to going to turn up much. He's also the same guy that uh, was really big into uh, Bigfoot. Joey, you had a story tonight. Yes. The inflation numbers are about to come out again, so we're about to see what the May inflation CPI numbers, which we all know it's government-manipulated, highly manipulated numbers, uh, but uh, they're still, regardless of the manipulation, they're still at record highs in the last 40-something years. So it'll be interesting to see what... uh, how that transpires, I did just see in the news today that New Hampshire, which is where we do the show from, has a new record gas price high of $4.97 per gallon. So Nutty. almost to the point. In fact, some stations in New Hampshire are already above $5 a gallon yes. for unleaded gas. But now the average in New Hampshire is about to go up there. Earlier this week, it was California stations were showing it close to 10, some of the, the stations out yeah, there. The desert. You were there just a couple weeks yeah, ago, Nikki right? and I were just out there. And did What my, did you see? Uh, well, I saw um, I saw a V8 Camaro that I had to rent <laughs> mm-hmm. that takes 93 octane, Whoa. and it drank gas, like, going out of style, but I also had a lot of fun driving it. But, but what uh, were you paying at the, the pump? The cheapest I was averaging, I'd say I was averaging, averaging about six fifty nine okay. a gallon. Yes, yeah. Interestingly, I found ninety three octane for six nineteen a gallon. What at a one deal! Place. <laughs> it was on a military base. Oh wow! Oh. People don't realize the cops have zero obligation to do anything for you. And unfortunately, they only usually find out when the pressure's on, when Mm -hmm, something is happening in their life and they feel like they need some help and they call the police and then they don't show up and then they get upset about it. Right. And then they try to file a lawsuit. So I, I was saying earlier how like I started a waking process when Sam had called in. Yeah. Um, Well, so before I got uh, arrested, which is expunged, is that... Two weeks prior to that, the officer that eventually arrested me, uh, he showed up to my house. I had called the police, right? Mm. Because some lady let her dog take a dump in front of my house. And I was like, did you even pick it up? And then the next thing you know, she's getting out of her car, like slams on her brakes, gets out of her car, gets right in my face and spits in my face. Wow. I called the cops. They didn't do anything for me. I was like, I was shocked. I was like, she just assaulted me, spit in my face. I'm like, I know where she lives. You can go get her. Like, you know, no. Did they even they go talk care. to her? Uh, they they attempted to go to the house that she went, mm-hmm. uh, and they asked for the owner of the car. Different person came out of the house. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up going to file a complaint at the police station, and they're like, oh, no, this is not a complaint. You can't complain against this because... There's nothing on the books that says spitting in your face is illegal. <laughs> oh, yeah? And I, was, I bet and, if you spit in a cop's face, they would find something. It, well, no. All right, so the only, like, so at that time, uh, spitting only in a correctional officer's face was illegal. Did you know that thousands of postal workers here in America are attacked by dogs? Yeah. And they get yeah. bit and they get injured. Great. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you Stop got? Stop serving us. That's fantastic. What do you got against the post office, man? I mean, they're just trying to bring your oh, mail. I just hate to Conan. You. Conan, our Tuesday. Well, I have something about it. I have something against the dogs, and like you say, that it's 
technically it's as a minor offense. I mean, the, the whole attitude. Well, was it too bad? Did you get bit badly enough? Do you? Well, it's a hazard of the job. I mean, you you know know? that's what's going to happen if you are walking around to people's houses. Dogs are going to get out. They're going to be not tied up or whatever, and they're going to. Some of them are going to be aggressive, and that's why a lot of post office workers carry pepper spray. Well, see, postal workers they they there's good ones and there's bad ones. The good ones carry treats. The bad ones carry the pepper spray. If there's a crazy ass dog that's trying to bite you, I don't know if pulling out a treat is going to uh, change its mind right on the spot. Might. I think I would but, want to have uh, both <laughs> okay. on hand. But I think our state, New Mexico, has a pretty bad ranking. I don't know what we're ranking is, but we got a bunch of loose dogs that run around crazy everywhere. So we're talking about this hazing that, uh, that happened. This young guy, 19 years old, so desperate to have some sort of social status, to have some quote-unquote friends that he was willing to down an entire bottle of vodka and then subsequently then they hooked him up with one of those tubes with the cone at the top or whatever. They pour uh, beer into it and he funneled beer in uh, into his already highly drunken state. They say here in the article at the Daily Mail that he had a blood alcohol content of, was it 0.46? Wow. That's hot. Isn't like too really, really bad for like, yeah. physiologically bad? Yeah. 486.486. That is more than six times the legal limit for driving. I mean, that is, you yeah. are near to death. Yeah. That's poisoning. Uh, really at that bad. point. And, and how, how do you go paralyzed? Is this like uh, neurological damage? I would imagine. Yeah. Brain damage. That Oh, that's a terrible way. That's a terrible Or way. when they were pouring beer down their throat, they might have drowned them a little bit and had loss of oxygen to the brain or something like that too that's wild it says here that uh again that again he was at this fraternity this big party uh one of these kids has been charged with a misdemeanor for providing alcohol to a minor another has not been charged the family did previously sue 23 people including the fraternity and won the case with an undisclosed settlement my past experience of being uh, a murderer in the marine corps uh Mm. gives me plenty of experience with hazing and uh more nefarious than anything, uh, we used it to uh, weed out the snitches. Really? So we used it to make ourselves a better killer squad. It's disgusting. How, do you, how does that work? Well, basically, you don't do any hazing that's going to, you know, get you busted down or kicked out, but you do enough to where you get in trouble for it. And then whoever snitched, you know, they need to go to headquarters squad. And what is, and head, what is headquarters the, squad? They just handle all the paperwork of the infantry battalion, so they're not really uh, out there fighting and doing the dirty work. Mm-hmm. So that's how we we use it to if so if they snitched on uh, us for hazing, they're going to snitch on us for doing other things, like war other crimes stuff. and stuff. Mm. Yeah, war crimes and stuff. Wow. So yeah, that's um, dark. I'm, I'm not bragging at all. I, you know what? I, I have more respect. I don't. I don't like military. I don't recommend anybody ever join a military. But I got absolutely not. And, and, and I don't like military people. And I'm unapologetic about that. But I have loads of respect, and I count them among some of my most revered friends, former military people who speak up about stuff. The, so the truth about what hats off happens. to you, dude. High five. Just thank thank God. There's some honest people coming out of there saying, you know. This, this is, is how real. it really is, yeah. and, you know, and this is what we did, and so that's great. 
You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.